The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Your hosts are Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Gisela. Hello, this is Ken Roshan. We are at BWI headquarters. This is Gisela Gonzalez. You're at our Virginia offices, is that correct? That's correct. All right, well, we have an exciting show. Dr. Kevin Ross Emery, uh, he grilled me last week, and he said, I can't wait to be on the Amplified show to be Amplified and Grilled. So he's a dynamic problem solver, a teacher, a psycho sledgehammer. I'm sorry, a psychic sledgehammer, a radio show host, (laughs) and a business consultant. He's a best-selling author, a CEO, mentor, model, reverend, actor, Indian chief, tribal healer, dishwasher, (laughs) innovator, Reiki master, poet of the year, gay medical intuitive. I mean, is there anything you don't do, Dr. Kevin? Anything? Oh, yeah. I've never run for office. I don't fix cars, and I don't take orders well. All right. Well, uh, I order you to give smaller bios. Actually, just send bios of the three things you don't do, and that way we can just tell audiences and save like 30 minutes all the things you do. Oh, so you I know w- what? I think, I think you're in a time distortion loop if you think that just took 30 minutes. <laughs> well, I want to just uh, finish uh, at least giving it part of the bio. So Dr. Kevin Ross Emery is sought-after leader, innovator, author, teacher, synergistic, <laughs> catalyst, speaker, and an expert in ADD, HD field. He has worked for such companies as American Express, Hilton, and Sheridan. In the 80s, he was a driving force for the creation and implementation of training programs in the banking, retail, food, and financial service industries. So how are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing fabulous. I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing today, Mr. Ken? I'm doing great. I'll tell you, uh, I was sharing with Gisela what a phenomenal program you have. It's, it's very evident you've been doing this for a while. I think you've been doing it for three or four years, correct, the, the radio show? Over a decade. Over a decade. Well, you have, uh, I, I've been interviewed probably about 50 or 60 times on radio, and I, I have to say your show was dynamic. It was energizing, thought-provoking, and entertaining. I mean, I, I typically am the one who's supposed to be entertaining the, uh, the audience, and I was massively entertained by your quick wit and humor and uh, uh, degrading a way you treat your guest. I love that. I was not degrading to you at all. Do you think that's degrading? Oh, 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 I'll have to have you back on and show you what that really looks like. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, uh, you seem to be a big proponent of cultural abuse. Why is that? Tell me uh, why you you like that so much. I'm not a big proponent of cultural abuse. I'm trying to actually get people to understand how much damage is being done to our children through cultural abuse. (laughs) 
and that we, since the 1950s, have been increasingly uh, abusing uh, our children and our adults through destroying their self-worth and their self-esteem by making them feel, no matter who they are, it's not good enough, that they're not tall enough or they're the wrong size or the wrong hair color or they're the wrong gender or they're the wrong color or they're the wrong orientation or they're the wrong, 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 wrong something. And we get it in our media. We get it on TV, movies, books, magazines. And that's because if we don't feel like we are a POS, then Madison Avenue can sell us millions and millions of dollars of things to fix us. The drug companies would not be making billions of dollars to fix problems that the media created by telling us from the minute that we can start to comprehend how inadequate we are. And you have uh, a lot of blogs. I actually enjoyed reading some of your blogs uh, this past week. And the culture abuse, obviously, I was being facetious, you know, from having me on your show that I, we had talked about uh, how they've generalized how Muslims are a threat as a, as a whole culture when it's really just the, the 1% fanaticals that even the 99% of Muslims would actually not want to either associate with or fear likewise. Yeah, well, and you know what? Every, every religion out there has its nutcases. And the thing is, they usually have the biggest, they usually have the biggest mouths and they cause the most problems. There have been far many more deaths caused in this country under the name of a Christian God than under a Muslim God. And so we have, we have that religion is the place where people go that oftentimes are looking for a place to put their anger, their self-righteousness, their judgment, their hate. And I've taken a stand over the last, I've been actually on several TV interviews lately, discussing how when people come at me with their judgmental, hate-spewing hate God, um, and they've been, and, and in my case, it's consistently all a quote-unquote Christian God they're talking about, that I have come to the conclusion, and this is what I now say back, and I say it in a lot of my posts, and I say it in faith. I come from a God of love. You come from a God of of hate and chaos, i.e., the devil. If there's ever a devil, it's hate and chaos. So you're Satanist, get away from me, and stop, stop soiling my God's name. And that's what I have to say to the religious nutcases of every flavor that think that their job is to run around and tell everybody else how inadequate they are. And it's because they're coming from disenfranchised, frustrated, angry people who feel like that they can only feel better about themselves by putting somebody else down. I.e. the bullying right, syndrome. Right. Do, do you feel that the federal government is actually having any kind of influence on, on all of these, uh, you know, controversy with religion, with our children growing up and, not, and, and you know, being suppress their beliefs and their sexual or religion or anything they wanted to believe. Because, again, we have freedom with our bodies and minds to, um, you know, choose what we want it to be. Would you, would you say or do you feel that the, the, the federal government have anything to do with this? Well, what I would say, Giselle, is that when you put 
when you when when you have a bought and paid mistress, when you have someone that you're that you're buying them left and right, and you put them in charge of making decisions, of course they're going to make decisions that are going to support, um, you know, support who's supporting them, who's writing the checks. So if you look at a lot of the stuff that's gone on, all you have to do is follow the money. You know, I have a blog tag out there I called who's, Who Owns Washington? And what we have to be really aware of is Washington is the mistress of corporate America, of Madison Avenue, of the drug companies, and it's a bought and paid mistress who passed midnight or two in the morning legislation that has increased the gap of the wealth distribution in this country, has kept down, has made it harder and harder with each progressive generation to get ahead, um, has created the reality that the majority of Americans are getting, or, or, or a rising number of Americans um, that will hit a majority at some point, are being faced to eat, eat foods that are toxic. If, if you eat the standard American diet and you follow the standard American food pyramid, you will get the standard American diseases. It's almost guaranteed. If somebody wanted to do a perfect formula of how to make you sick of body, mind, and head, look at the decisions and what has happened in the last 25, 30 years in this country. And so the other thing is, is the kind of diets that a lot of people who don't make enough to live above a poverty level have to feed their kids are diets that actually decrease IQs. It's making the kids stupider. The drugs make the kids stupider. The dependency cycle makes them stupider so that they're apathetic, they don't know how to fight back, they don't have good critical thinking skills, so they follow the government that's basically taking advantage of them so they can keep the lobbyist checks coming. As long as we allow lobbyists to own Washington, Washington will never serve the people. Well, as you know, this, uh, the show is called Amplified, and we're amplifying just not just great messages like awareness, but also leadership. And I think Gisela was going to ask another question, but if I may uh, just jump in and just say, when you, when you share this information, our audience, what we'd like for them to do is be more proactive about this awareness, but also take action. So you had a, a blog about leadership versus sheeple. Uh, and I, was, I, thought, I thought that was very interesting, uh, the, the sheeple comment. you want to share with our audience what that means? Well, sheeple are um, sheep people, people who will just kind of follow and repeat whatever it is that they have identified themselves as being. So you hear all the Republican, quote-unquote, you know, and, and it can be because I'm a Republican, because I'm a Democrat. It can be because I'm a Christian or uh, I'm Jewish, or it can be because... I'm straight or I'm gay or I'm Southern or whatever. We put this label on, and then the label tells you what to think, what to do, how to vote, how to act, what to get upset about without thinking it through. So you're like a sheep. So an issue comes up, and if, you are, if you're a sheeple that's self-identified as a Republican, you go, ba 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 ba. And then if you're a sheeple who, decide, who, do, who identifies as a Democrat, you go, bah, 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 bah. And in a lot of cases, if you actually try to engage these people in a critical thinking-based, interactive conversation about why they believe what they believe, they cannot tell you. They don't even know why they believe what they believe. But if Donald Trump said it, 
or if Hillary Clinton said it. I mean, it's not just one side. It's both sides. If this is the, the whatever I define myself as, then I just go, blah, 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 and do whatever I'm told. That so, uh, makes a lot of sense. It's, it's so true. And uh, what, what is your opinion on pharmaceuticals? What is your opinion on the control that they're having uh, on our population these, these um, you know, time of, of, of our lives? Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that the pharmaceutical um, last year by, I think it was 50 or $60 million was the number one lobbyist in Congress. So they own more of Washington than any other single lobbying group. And that's what it is. Anybody who doesn't think lobbyists are basically owners of our government, you know, either are very, very ignorant or have their heads someplace very, very deep, stuck somewhere. Because, of course, somebody that writes you a check for 100000 or ten or 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 $500,000 is going to get your vote when it comes vote time, no matter what, so you- under what auspices or excuse. So the pharmaceutical industry has a huge, huge effect in our government. It also has a huge effect in what we get for information. We are the most over-medicated country in the world by, you know, by, by lots of percentage points, by double, double triple digits. Uh, fastest growing rate. Um, I always love the fact that, of course, you know, I do a lot of work with ADD and ADHD, that, you know, that the top five or six um, best education countries in the world don't medicate. Half of them don't even acknowledge ADHD, and, and it grows in this country by double digits every year because of the medication loop. So backtracking, because I, I had a question I wanted to ask about the, I guess, the hatred, the fanaticals. What is your, what is your advice on what you would do to prevent that hatred? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, and I just did a periscope on this, um, and it is on my Facebook wall. So if anybody wants to go, they'll see me walking the beach and talking about this. Uh, and that's at my Dr. Kevin, M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N which is where you'll find all my social media stuff. Um, but my Dr. Kevin, so what we do is we, we paralyze, we polarize, and then we paralyze. We keep on letting everything be made a black hat or a white hat. You know, in this particular video that I did, and the video is like three, four minutes long, I think, maybe six, I don't know, but it's, it's short. Um, I was on climate change. Climate change, December, New England, I'm walking with my feet in the water on the beach. And, you know, and so, of course, everybody with the black hat is going to say, see, that's it. The end of the world, 21 days. We did this to ourselves. Climate change, we're fools. Everybody on the other end said, oh, this is just nothing. We don't understand it. There's no climate change issues at all in the country, in the world. Us, us, the person, people who we are calling scientists, though many scientists agree with climate change, are telling you. And, of course, those are the scientists being paid for people who are going to be financially hurt if we put in more rigid um, control systems. But what it is, is it's really gray. And so we have to bring the conversations back to gray. Well, of course we've messed up human nature. Of course we've been the most destructive influence on the planet. You know, and, you know with the exception of maybe, the, maybe an asteroid that hit. Um, you know, of course we've screwed up the environment, but there also are, yes, patterns in the world. 
There are patterns in the world, and there are weather patterns. And so our screw-ups are exasperating something that's happening naturally, and it's six of one and a half dozen the other, and can we find action that is moderate? So what do we do with the people that hate is we try to bring them into where are we alike and where can we agree, and let's put powers beyond the agreement, and we need to disempower the polarizing people at the top who benefit by us being paralyzed. So they keep us polarized. They don't get followers. They don't get campaign contributions. They don't get contributions in the collection plate. They don't have people writing them checks to save something or eliminate something or destroy something. And we consistently hear major religious leaders of, 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 of the nutcases. Now, not all major religious leaders fall into that category. I happen to really like the new pope. Um, who stand there and lie can be confronted with the fact that they lie and tell the lie over again and the people following them go, oh, where's my checkbook, where's my checkbook, where's my checkbook? Now, I can't buy new clothes for my kid this week, but I can give money to the church because they're going to save me from, I don't know, the pedophiles or the, they're going to save me from the hellfires. They're going to save me from somebody. So we need to have moderate conversations. And we need to make several significant changes in Washington that have to come from the people and accountability, and we can't lose sight. We have to keep our eye on the ball and not get distracted by the bullshit. Bravo. And what about, like, on more local community level, uh, the, the haters? Is there a way to conform them so that, they're not being destructive to either great leadership or to people that are trying to make a difference in the world? Well, you know, I think that, again, part of it is we need to have more moderate people come in and say, instead of being apathetic, now, part of this is going to have to be through education. Part of it is going to be a slow process of people getting up. You know, um, I, I have this thing of asking my listeners in, in, in an older version of my show, I asked it every week, so you didn't hear it, so I may bring it back, is I'd say, do you think you were born to have Velcro on your backside to match the Velcro on the couch while you drool on your remote control? Is this what you were put here for? So we really have to wake up the apathetic because it is not the nutcases on the far right or the nutcases on the far right left that will be the end of humanity. It will be humanity will die at the hands of the apathetic who just stopped showing up so completely that we self-destructed. So what do we do? We have to get involved with people. We have to find the, the issue that's important enough in discussion and invite them enough. And we have to protect them to not be attacked. To not have, I mean, I was on the road for two and a half years. This was, this was several years ago, but two and a half years traveling around, working with people who had alternative spiritual beliefs in little communities to kind of connect them and tell them they were there. I, I was run out of town. I was threatened that I, I was threatened that I wouldn't, if I didn't get out of town, I wouldn't live to get out of town by good Christian people who would shoot me because of what I was saying. And so... And again, not all Christians are bad. 
Not all Muslims are bad. Not all Republicans are bad. You know, not all politicians... Well, I can't go there. Um, <laughs> sorry. Well, you, you, almost, you almost had a I landslide there. Um, but, so I agree with you do? 100%. There, there's people and people, right? Um, I, I would love for you to give us your point of view on labels. You know, oh, we are in the time of our of our lives that, that, you know, there's labels. So we're going to go out on a break right now. Once we come back, I would love for you to talk a little bit about labels. So, Dr. Kevin. Sure. Wash and wear, permanent press. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it. T- <laughs> tell, tell us again how we can reach you while we're waiting for the break. My Dr. Kevin, M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N. You can reach that.com. My Dr. Kevin is my, in, my Instagram, my Facebook fan page, my Pinterest, my Tumblr, my LinkedIn. If you want to find me on social media, just put in M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N on any Thank major social media platform and you will find me. And it's .com for the website. Thank you, Dr. Kevin. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we're back for segment two. So Dr. Kevin shies away from nothing, as you've seen from the first segment. He inspires individuals whom he touches are on their next level. As a speaker, trainer, teacher, and synergistic catalyst, he brings people into sync with who they are and the synergy of their own unique self. For more than two decades, Dr. Kevin has offered an approach to ADD-HD that reveals it is a gift which, when properly managed, contains the potential for formidable levels of creativity, innovation, multitasking, and more. So let's delve into the second. Uh, you had a, a lot of opinions about labels on shirts and also, I guess, even gloves and hats. And then uh, Gisela had a question about uh, just kind of an aside with labels about how we label people. And then I'd like to go into the, your expertise in the ADD. So go ahead and start off with, of course, the shirt labels. I'm very intrigued about that. Well, you know, it's not just shirt labels, it's all clothing labels. 
And, of course, what clothing is, is clothing is a way for us to hide our true selves um, and to become pretentious or to create an image that is carefully designed and oftentimes not an actual representation of who we are, but who we would like to be or who we think we are. So I think that if we put all of the haters together and then we made them all do it nude, so you couldn't tell, you couldn't tell who had a $1,000 suit or who was wearing clothes from Goodwill, if everybody walked in and they were just au naturel and they had to be completely vulnerable and completely human and that they couldn't get dressed until they got a solution that everybody could agree and live with, I, we, would, we would fast pace so many of the things that are bothering America today because the majority of people are afraid to show who they are because we have trained them to believe that that is unlovable and they will be rejected. Now, that was a very clever way to answer both questions, wasn't it? I don't know. I do clever every now and then. Is this a day of the week with a vowel in it? Yeah, that's one of those days I can do it then. Go ahead. Well, I, I consider ADD as a label. I, I, I honestly, if they're calling entrepreneurs that have ADD, they don't really understand entrepreneurship, and then they, they label you as, oh, I have ADD, or he's having severe ADD, or she is. So what do you think about those labels? Okay, so I'm now going to move to those labels. And I do, even though I was kind of, um, uh, I, was, I was kind of a wise guy at the end of it, I, I do want people to really think about what I just said, because I was serious about the suggestion in of itself. Now let's move to labels. Well, there's a difference between labels and identifiers. A label is something which constricts somebody into a certain identifiable place where we can allow our brain to stay lazy and make a number of assumptions, as many which are wrong as right. And so when somebody makes ten assumptions because you have used something as a label, oh, well, if they are... Boom. And sometimes that label can be if they are male, if they are female. Even that can be used as a label instead of an identifier. And the only one that can change and, and the only way to know the difference between an identifier and a label is how you interact with it. If, if, you, if you look and say, oh, and you label somebody she or he, and then you make a bunch of assumptions because of the gender then it's a label. Um, now, on something like ADD, or let's go back and do, use something very simple. This is the example I like to use when I'm speaking on stage or, or working with a group of educators. ADD. Okay, so let's move and say, we know that there are audio learners, visual learners, and kinesthetic learners. If you tell a really gifted teacher that somebody is an audio learner, they can adjust how they present the information to best support that person in learning that piece of information. They, it does not limit, doesn't mean that person can't see something or can't interact with it to learn it, but it means your primary thrust is going to be audio because they're an audio learner versus if they're a kinesthetic learner, their primary thrust will be kinesthetic. But that does not mean you can't use audio and visual as a support backup in teaching them. So in that case, you are using it as an identifier. I am identifying something that helps me to teach you 
and helps me to support you and helps me to communicate with you. An identifier is, oh, you can't ever, you, no, 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 don't, don't ever, you know what, they're, 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 they're an audio learner, so we're not even going to ask them to, like, read things, or we're not going to write things on the board, or they can't, they can't get information that way. No, that's not what an audio learner means. An audio learner means they learn that information best auditorily, not that they can't or are limited to. So the difference between a label and an identifier is an identifier gives us something to work with to be better at what we are trying to do and have a more successful interaction with somebody. So if you look at somebody that is ADD or ADHD, um, you know, which, you know, and I always say ADD, HD, backslash, ADD, backslash, HD, um, you know, which is attention diversity demanding high definition. Oh, my God. Yeah. Attention diversity demanding high definition. Wait a second. Wait a second. That would indicate that you need to make sure that you're speaking high enough to get their attention, not that you speak down to them. Of course, attention deficit disorder in of itself is a misnomer because people with ADD have two settings, hyperfocus and multitask. So when you engage their brain, they are going to hyperfocus. Well, that's not attention deficit. It is not attention deficit when somebody hyperfocuses and goes from a remedial understanding of something within a few weeks to a PhD understanding of it because you communicated the importance of that piece of information or that knowledge, or you so engage their interest curiosity button, you engage them in a way that they so wanted to know about it that they will be teaching you things about it within a matter of weeks if you get out of their way. It's not attention deficit. And it's not a disorder. And it's not a disability. It's a disability. Learn and so- process information differently. So, again, it depends on how you use it. I don't like labels, but as an identifier, if somebody who is now ADD and ADHD are the most misdiagnosed labels in the psychiatric community, number one, double-digit misdiagnosed because it's the easiest way to get kids on the laboratory rat cash cow pharmaceutical wagon. Easier than any Amen other one. Amen to that. Okay. But as an identifier, if I know I'm working with an ADD kid, I am going to immediately find out what makes that child's eyes light up, what interests them, what engages them. Because with that information, I can get them to learn almost anything, almost any subject. And I've done this over and over and over again by actually finding out who the child is. Now, the sad part is we don't have public education that, for the most part, leaves room or has things like Every Child Must Pind Act, okay, where who the child is as an individual is so low on, 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 on the list of priorities that, you know, it doesn't make it into the classroom most of the time, um, except for your really good teachers who have to fight against the administration and the laws and the ridiculous testing and all of these things to make room for the child as an individual because we have no room in our over-regulated education that's miserably failing for the individual child. Do we have a higher incidence of ADD, ADHD in our country versus others? Oh, my God. It's right through the roof. 
It's right through the now, roof compared to other countries. And would you, like you attribute said, that? Would you attribute that to a diet, or is that uh, partly due to the immigration of creative types back in the day? Well, um, it's first of all, it's based on the fact that our education system was created on the factory model. And I heard this from a guy who was a superintendent of schools with a, with a doctorate in education that said, you have to understand, schools are like conveyor belts. And you get the kids on there, and as long as more kids make it through than fall off, then we're successful, even if that's 51 to 49%. Success is geared by how many kids we get through on the, on the conveyor belt, on the factory belt, to get them through. Right. So... We have, there's a few reasons why we have such a high diagnosis of it. First of all, depending on where you live and who you are, the family makes money off the ADD kids. The school makes money off the ADD kids. There, is a, there are places in California where the nurses that are in the schools get paid extra for every child that they have to um, give the meds out to. So they get a bonus, basically a bonus for medicating the kids on top of their regular work pay. So there is a three-rule in California where if you get sent to the principal's office three times for a problem, then, you know, you have to go see the nurse. And then if the nurse thinks that you have an issue, then she talks to your parents and recommends the doctor that the nurse works with. You know, you don't have to go to them. And then that doctor says to the nurse, well, what do you think? Well, I think they have ADD. Well, I think you're right, and you see them all the time. Here you go. Hey, here's an extra 50 bucks in your pocket a month. And that could be just because the child's absolutely bored out of their mind in the class. Absence board, it could be because the child is getting fed a lousy diet, because right. diet does play into it. It could be because the child is going through trauma at home. It could be that the child is getting abused or ignored. Um, it could be for any number of reasons. They have found out that kids that were labeled with ADD actually were having issues with depression. They found out the kids with ADD, um, you know, that were labeled IDD, ADD were actually dyslexic, or that they have found out the kids that were labeled with ADD um, actually were, were living at home in an abusive, uh, you know, were being abused at home. And these are actually our superstars in our society that if treated correctly, and not just treated correctly, but groomed correctly, mentored correctly, would be our top leaders. Isn't there a higher um, proportion of leaders that are dyslexic than non-dyslexic and uh, ADD versus not ADD? Yes. Well, one of the things that we have is that these are the architects of the 20th century. This is Einstein, Edison, Graham Bell. Jobs, um, you know, uh, this was Richard Branson. These are brilliant. Winston Churchill. These were brilliant people who it used to be that, A, the diets were better, so diets were not exacerbating it, turning the gift into a curse. B, you know, like Thomas Alva Edison, at the age of 12, was deemed inappropriate for education and was asked to leave. Hmm. Okay. And so he got on the train and sold concessions going in and out of Chicago and would spend all day at the Chicago library and, you know, told, said that by the time he was 18, he'd read every book in the, in the Chicago library. And he went on to create thousands of patents and is one of our most brilliant inventors. And he was deemed inappropriate for education. Yeah, I mean, the list okay. goes on of people that were, <laughs> that, that were put down because they thought so far outside the box, which is actually your program, right? Outside the box with Dr. Kevin? Uh, that's uh, well. That's a uh, that's one of my segments on my radio show. Okay, so I actually wanted to segue to that because your radio show is brilliant. I would love for our fan base and our social media uh, following to check you out because you are you are on point. You're you're revolutionizing, in my opinion, uh, forward thinking, 
And I wanted to give a couple examples to our audience. Can you share some of, uh, I guess, one or two examples of the most out-of-the-box thinking that has been uh, done on your show that impressed you? Sure. Um, and for people that want to chime in and listen live, it is at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday nights. Um, the next two shows are going to be encores because it's Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve at omtimes, uh, I'm sorry, backslash IOM. Uh, but they can find connections if they go to my Facebook fan page. Um, some of the outside of the box thinking um, that we've, uh, well, I know that one of the discussions we had was that, um, I, I'm, I'm ordering this in my head because I've been talking so fast, sorry, uh, is that, uh, you know, how we do the whole thing with abortion and we talk about whether abortion is, uh, you know, whether people who are anti-abortion are actually pro-family. And I had a guest that came on one of my radio shows that talked about how the fact that most of the people that were anti-abortion really weren't pro-family because they weren't doing anything to support the, to support the people who chose to actually have the babies and bring the babies in out of wedlock weren't doing anything to make sure that they got fed or that they got good housing or that they were raised properly, but they threw them the walls as long as they got born. And how is that pro-family? Right. And last week when I was on your show, uh, you uh, put me on the spot with vaping. I don't know how many people in our audience knows what that is, but uh, could you share the controversial question you, you asked about that? Well, you know, that, you know, that we're going to, my, my, I guess my, my question was, are we going to find in 5, 10, 15 years that vaping was just as damaging, if not more damaging, than tobacco, and that millions of dollars are spent right now to basically seduce teenagers' brains into thinking that this is healthy, or at least healthier, and is cool, and we're getting, and we're creating flavors that will be appealing to teenagers, like cotton candy, and other things, um, to only find out that the real damage has, again, been hidden by the, money, the corporation that's making tons of money off of it. Um, if you want to also talk about one of my... So the, so the question is, is how dangerous is the vaping, and are we going to never learn? I mean, the Red Cross used to give cigarettes out to our World War II soldiers to deal with stress, getting them hooked on cigarettes. Then they came home and were, were you know, chain smokers. Because the American Red Cross gave them the cigarettes. And we and all, we're we all, we're saying, well, go ahead. I was going to say, we all know how important the, uh, the vitamin is formaldehyde, and that's a, a, an integrated mineral and vitamin inside of uh, e cigarettes, correct? Uh, yeah, and a lot of like 85 to 90% of the liquids that are out there for these kids have formaldehyde and then acididate. I'm not pronouncing it right, but it's something that causes popcorn lung, which is an irreversible lung disease. And the majority, the vast majority of the commercial vape, have, vape um, liquids have this in there, and yet millions of dollars is being spent to say that, um, you know, that this is a healthier choice and is actually making it cool. It's, it's again, it's, a, it's Madison Avenue going after self-worth and self-esteem issues, which Madison Avenue helped create so it could sell something which will then lead to Madison Avenue get, getting to sell pharmaceuticals and hospital stays and, and funeral plots. 
So I, I want so, to give an opportunity for you to, to share. We have one minute right now. I want to give you an opportunity to share about your books uh, relating to ADD, HD. If you could just uh, tell the titles and, and what you're trying to teach with those books and where they can okay. get them. So my, my first book on ADD, HD came out in 2001 called Managing the Gift Alternative Approaches for Attention Deficit Disorder. It's an ADD primer that talks about kids, adults, um, basics about understanding it, looking at it from a different perspective, why it's a gift and what to do with it. Then I have Managing the Gift of Your ADD-HD Child, uh, which just came out a few years ago, which goes much more into depth about how to support that child, how to work with that child, how to empower that child to not be chewed up and spit out by traditional thinking, traditional educational thinking, psychological thinking, and media thinking. Um, I also have um, ADD-HD, um, uh, famous people with ADD, uh, famous people with ADHD, Are You One Waiting to Happen?, uh, that's on Amazon. That actually went bestseller. Uh, and then I have a Managing the Gift Daily Practices CD, uh, which has an AM and a PM meditation to help sh- do shielding, focusing, stuff like this. So you can listen to it in every morning and every, or the child or the adult can listen to it every morning and every night. Helps organize their day, helps protect their energy, uh, things like this. And then um, I have a DVD that is uh, three, between three and four hours of live presentation of me presenting it on stage in San Francisco with a lot of the information and what you can do and things like that. And it's uh, managing the gift of ADD, HD, um, exploring your unlimited potential, and that's a DVD. So for all my visuals, they can watch a few hours of me talking about this, giving you a lot of tools and techniques. You can get all of these on Amazon. Dot com, um, or you can go to uh, Lightlines, which is the publishing company that p- produced it, lightlinespublishing.com, or you can get them through my website, uh, which would be mydrkevin.com. All right. Well, I should have actually allowed three minutes for that uh, disclosure of all the books. So <laughs> you can also put some of these links on my, uh, my Facebook page, and we'll share them on the Umbrella Syndicate. So we're going to wrap right now. We'll go to third segment in a couple minutes. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Biz Locker Radio is a high-energy business show that features compelling conversations and cutting-edge business content that you can use to improve your performance today. Hosted by Kelly Riggs and presented by the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio features dynamic thought leaders from sales, marketing, leadership, business strategy, social media, and more. If you're in business, you need an edge. Develop that edge with Biz Locker Radio. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Central on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Voice America Business Network. 
the bottom line in business. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back with Dr. Kevin uh, he is also held as one of the early innovators who integrated the concepts of coaching and counseling seamlessly into a single process known as synergistic catalysm. He studied both Eastern and Western philosophies and healing systems, obtaining his Doctor of D- Divinity degree from Universal Brotherhood Univers- uh, University. So, Dr. Kevin, I-, I have to say, we typically have more guests on the show, but we would have eaten up one segment just doing your bio, so I'm really glad that we had you on for the full hour. You know, um, I think if you say that maybe four or five more times, people will probably believe it. But up to this <laughs> point, I still think you're getting a big old <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask you, uh, you had a third segment that I, I think you asked this question. What BS is happening in the world that you want to expose? And I, I thought that was such a brilliant question since you have so many things to say. I'd like to hear what you say about that. Uh, yeah, that, that segment is called What a Load of Crap. And... <laughs> You know, and one of the things is I used to do, because I used to be on air five days a week. And when I was on air five days a week, um, the, uh, I had a whole radio show that was the, the a whole one day. Fridays was what a load of crap day. Because hmm. I always thought people should get their crap off their chest before the weekend. And um, the, the original format of that show was I would have somebody come in and introduce something that they were trying to sell to my audience that they wanted my audience to believe. I would basically interview, interrogate them, really go through it with them, and then the audience would get to vote, and next week, the next week, we would announce whether it was a load of crap, whether it was um, a diamond in the rough, like it really was really good stuff, and they're so glad they found out about this, or was it fertilizer with, with which to make things grow? which meant that there was some truth to it or there was something they learned, but they didn't buy the whole, they didn't buy the whole load. Okay. Um, and so, so the so audience wasn't predictable. actually got to vote. Huh? So it wasn't predictable crap. It was that you actually, some, some of it was disguised with truth and another of yep. it was diamond. Okay, I got it. Cool. Yeah, so and I was really trying like to, to improve people's critical thinking skills. Like, Listen to what's being said. Listen to my questions. You know, um, back in the early 80s, I worked for a restaurant holding company, and I developed a critical thinking-based management development system. And I was like, I kept on saying, we want to teach the managers how to think, not what to think. Because when we teach them how to think, then they can suss through any situation that comes up. When we teach them what to think, as soon as something doesn't fall into those narrow little grids of what we've told them, they don't know what to do. So let's teach them how to think. And that was considered revolutionary in the early 80s when I was presenting it to people that were twice my age and what I was trying to do. You know, I, I recently read a quote that uh, said, a, a great scientist doesn't try and prove his hypothesis. He tries to disprove it. And so it, that's a, a form of critical thinking. And I actually, uh, I took critical thinking in college. It was probably one of the best classes because when you're a problem solver, you've increased your salary position, your worth in a company. So... Um, that, w- that would be a, a number one thing I would 
advocate for anyone starting their New Year's to do some critical thinking exercises. Well, and you know, one of the things is, because you and I, we met at, at CEO Space, um, which, you know, CEO Space, which is the place for up-and-coming entrepreneurs. Uh, and I've been teaching there for, I've been involved with CEO Space for over a decade, uh, for well, 12 years now I've been involved with CEO Space. You know, and you, and you have this wonderful setup of instructors um, and teachers that give you lots of things from lots of different perspectives. But the ability to synergize those things, and one of the things I actually uh, teach is uh, synergizing your team, how to synergize your team. And synergizing your team or synergizing the knowledge or the education, synergizing all of that stuff is, is, is paramount. Um, you have to have critical thinking skills so that you can make the sum um, greater, uh, you can make the whole greater than the sum of its parts. So how do you get that extra out of life, out of your team, out of your business, out of your marriage? How do you get that magic that we all sit back in awe of when we see it, but we want to make it about them when everything that, when all the ingredients are listed that it took for that person to make magic, you have access to your version of all of those ingredients. You just have to claim them. You have to be willing to own them. And you have to step beyond the limitations that other people gave you that tell you you can't do it. You know, you're a man of wisdom, and I, I want to adopt you as my mentor. I, I hope that I'm able to bounce lots of ideas so I can be a better leader myself. I I guess one of the questions I have for you, Dr. Kevin, is people that are approaching 2016, the lovely word of of having New Year's resolutions and claiming them, how how does one make sure that they actually happen? What's a better way to do that? Um, Well, you know, New Year's resolutions are a load of crap. I agree. Um, first of all, don't even make them. Don't make New Year's resolutions because nine times out of ten, you're going to set yourself up to fail. You're going to try to do too many things. You're not going to clearly think through those things that, um, um, and which of those are you actually doing for yourself versus what are you doing because you think you're supposed to. Oh, I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Why are you losing 15 pounds? Well, because everybody, because I'll look better. According to who? Maybe there are people that love the way you look right now with that extra 15 pounds. According to who? Well, then we go back, Madison Avenue, right? That's who. So a lot of times, New Year's resolutions get in our way of actually moving forward. You know, the things that you want to do in 2016 is, you want to get, first of all, if you have not gone through the process of knowing what the vision and mission statement of your soul is, do it. If you don't know how to do it, drkevin at mydrkevin.com. And this is as much as I'm ever going to sound like I'm selling myself, but I am putting that out there. And I say this to all of the classes, and you've heard me say it on stage before, Ed. Mm -hmm. You know, when I work with somebody, I start with the vision and mission statement of their soul. Who are you and what are you here to do? And your life, your marriage, your business, your parenting, your grandparenting, everything should be an extension of who you are here to be in this world at this time. And if you don't have a clear idea of who that is, then the one thing you can do in 2016 
is figure that out. And then see where you are in alignment and where are you out of alignment. Because I will guarantee you that the places you are out of alignment are the places that are tripping you up from accomplishing what you want to accomplish, getting where you want to go, being who you want to be. It's your places that you are out of alignment. But you can't be in alignment if you don't know what alignment looks like and you don't have that to start with, the vision and mission statement for your soul. So 2016, if you don't have it, get it. Figure it out. Very few people, some people can do it on their own, but very few people, most people need somebody to help them. But find somebody, if you know, like I said, this is not my, I'm not the only person in the world. I always tell people that. But find somebody that knows what they're doing to do it with you, or you're going to end up with a crappy definition, which means you're going to end up with crappy alignment, which means you're going to end up with a crappy 2016. And you, you've kind of deemed this as a way of looking at the whole life and taking people and everything that they're associated with onto a journey of greatness. Is that kind of... Yeah, well, you know, uh, um, so uh, this is your journey to greatness. And, you know, the thing is, the thing that you are best noted for, most noted for, considered greatest at being, is the thing that's most in the way of you becoming great. So what are some quotes that uh, you live by? Um, well, I, I love this Buddhist quote, which is, to know and not to do is not to know. So it means that every time you do something and you find yourself going, I know better, well, actually, you didn't know better. And so you have to sit down and figure out where is the disconnect in what your intellect wants and what your heart wants because that's where you're going to find what needs to be worked on. So when you say, I knew better or I know better, but you did it anyways, you don't. So that's why I love that quote. It was on my stationery for years. Um, so that's the first quote. I also have a quote of mine that I put on the bottom of my, um, all my emails I send out. Do not take on a disability based on someone else's inability to see or unlock your gifts and greatness. You have my permission to put that on my page. I'd like to share that. That's excellent. Yep. And what is and what is a time that I, I love to ask this question usually in the second segment? But what is a time when you wanted to pursue your dream that you're doing now, and you felt so shut down and it it looked hopeless? And what was it that caused you to get past that? Two things. Um, one is my vision and mission statement for my soul is I will leave the world a better place than I found it. And I will do my best to bring heaven onto earth. Heaven defined as 7.2 billion people being 100% uniquely who they are. Because when that happens, there's no war, there's no violence, there's no greed, there's no rape, there's no any of that. Because when all your only concern is, is to compete with yourself to be your best, and you are your 100% unique self, then there's nothing left to fight over. So that is my driving force and knowing and remembering all the people that I have touched, all of the emails and the letters and all the stuff that I've got, that when the days get dark, when things aren't going right sometimes or I'm having difficulty, I look back and I ask myself, have you changed the world as much as you've wanted to? And that keeps me going. 
The second thing is that I will go into a place, into a mode where I get up every morning and all I can, and I say, today, just today, only today, in today, I'm going to do my best to touch as many people as I can, to serve as many people as I can. And that's all I'm going to do today. Well, that is certainly love, and it's the right spirit for this holiday. Uh, you couldn't have picked actually a better way of expressing how we all could be and what a difference that would be if all of us actually played that game. So, Dr. Kevin, thank you so much for being on Amplified. Uh, I feel like you amplified our world and our audience, and we are always about amplifying greatness, so you certainly are that. I look forward to seeing you at CEO Space in 2016. If, everyone, if you could just uh, give a shout-out again of how people can follow you, and please, of course, put this on our page so we can actually spread the word. Yep. Um, so I will put everything on your page. Just send me the link. Um, <laughs> and my Dr. Kevin, M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-I-N, because, I'm, because I belong to you. So I'm my Dr. Kevin. I'm your Dr. Kevin. So it's M-Y-D-R-K-E-V-A and my Dr. Kevin. You can find me on any social media platform. That's mydrkevin.com. It's Facebook fan page, my Dr. Kevin. Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr. I put out a daily morning coffee every day with an inspirational, hopeful, motivational message. I miss a day every now and then. I lied. But most days. Uh, <laughs> I um, think you say Tumblr just so that you can say Tumblr. So, Dr. Kevin, <laughs> thank you so much for being on Amplified. Happy holidays, happy new year, and I look forward to having you on our show again. God okay. bless you. Hey, I'd love to come back. Bye, Zell. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Kevin. Yeah. Happy holidays. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.